This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, I'm Tracy Koga, and thanks for downloading this podcast from ilikehugh.com. If you can, give us a follow or subscribe. And remember that all the information about the guests in today's episode can be found at ilikehugh.com. Now, let's get started. Hello everyone, welcome to a very special edition of Hugh at Home. It is Remembrance Day and a time to reflect and think and honor those that have fought so bravely for our country and our freedom. So we'll begin with a very special place in my heart, Deer Lodge Center. And with me on the Hugh chat room, live in person, will be Nicole Latourell from the Deer Lodge Center Foundation. And we'll sit down and chat with the veteran himself, Alex Olson. Well, today is definitely a very special day, uh, not only for veterans, but for Deer Lodge Center. And Nicole, thank you so much for being my live guest here on <laughs> Hugh at Home. I know that you are with the foundation, and it has been, again, another very interesting year. Yes, it has been. Thank you so much for having me today again, uh, Tracy. It's always a pleasure being here. So yes, it's been an interesting year and um, a lot of changes, a lot of uh, adapting to the public health orders and uh, ensuring that the residents and the patients and our veterans are well cared for and well protected and safe. So it's been a long, long year, but here we are in November and <laughs> we're about to celebrate uh, and uh, observe Remembrance Day. So it's, uh, it's been a big, special year. Yeah. And then maybe just comment, too, on how Deer Lodge Center and the foundation have really expanded, and it really has become more community-based, too, as well. Yes. Originally, Deer Lodge uh, Center was created for the care of veterans, both World War I and then World War II. And then as time went by, there was a need in the community for services, programs and services, and there were fewer and fewer veterans that were requiring that kind of care. So they reached out to the community, and there's a wide variety of services that are offered and continue to grow and expand to meet the needs of the community. And I guess, what are some of the highlights this year? Well, certainly uh, dementia has been a focus for our foundation and for Deer Lodge. Uh, we have five units uh, that care for people with dementia, living with dementia. And not only do we care for those living with dementia, but also their family. And that's something that Deer Lodge is really very proud of and works very hard, is to care for the entire family because they are impacted by this as well. 
We also have different types of programs, including bariatric care. That's something mm -hmm. that uh, our, found, our foundation is supporting Dare Lodge as they, their program is expanding. Recently, they've been approved for three new beds. That's a, that's a really big uh, addition for Dare Lodge. So now we're supporting them with that expansion of that program. Chronic care. There's just so many different ways that uh, Dare Lodge serves the community. But on this day, Remembrance Day, of course, it all comes back to the veterans and the reason why Deer Lodge Center was established. And so I guess that's a great segue. We're going to go virtually to Deer Lodge Center. So everyone, I'd like to introduce Alex Olson. He is a resident at Deer Lodge Center and also a veteran. So welcome, Alex, to Hewitt Home. How are you doing today? Thank you. You're good. How are you doing, no, I'm getting pretty weak. Aww. I have trouble getting in on the bed. But you're doing good. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And uh, Alex, you're you're there with your daughter, Anne. And thank you so much for supporting your dad. So, Alex, tell us a little bit about your experience during the war and how did you even start to get interested? Well, I need to do something with I got to that age, I tried joining RCMP before, I wasn't good enough for that, but I, I was in school when I joined the Navy, I took my first while in Saskatoon. Wow. We'd go out on the streets and run up and down the streets and whatnot for about six, about six weeks, I think I was in Saskatoon, but I sure learned to run, run faster. <laughs> what kind of, yeah, so obviously you did running for training. What other things did you learn to do? Oh, just... Well, not anything important, I don't think. Where, where did you go after Saskatoon? Cornwallis, am I right? Yes, Cornwallis, Nova Scotia. Yeah, near the Bay of, Bay of Fundy. I used to get sick crossing the Bay of Fundy. That's where you trained, right? Yeah. Yeah. We trained quite a while down the Bay of Fundy. Or on Cornwallis, and we work with the other groups doing different things, and then we went down to Nova Scotia. What's the name of the place I went to? Nova Scotia. You were in Shelburne, Nova Scotia. So, but it's it's an amazing forest. It's got as big a tide as Niagara Falls. It's about 12 feet anyway, right? And then we had the tires ship up several times in the night because we kept going up. First thing we did was paint the ship. I never painted anything in my life. I was raised during the Depression. I don't know if we could even afford to get down the paint. Were you good at painting? 
the funniest party. I went, and we had to go about a quarter of a mile to breakfast, and I went, we learned how to hang our hammocks the night before. And I was right in between two other fellows in the hammock. I thought, well, I don't want to disturb them. I could go to breakfast and look after my hammock after I get back. But by the time I get got back, the fellow in charge wasn't in favor of me having my hammock. So they kept me. All the crew was going to go out to the nearby town. But I had to stay. And they gave me a job of painting the guns and stuff. So the next morning, I applied to be an able seaman instead of an ordinary seaman. And the officer that was testing me, he said, oh, well, you can paint. That's all right. So I got to be a naval seaman. <laughs> and and I, the thing I didn't know, they took me there to put me on the ship. So the next morning, I got up, I was going on the ship. Well, I never knew anything about being in my tongue about the ship. But they went out, and I thought, well, they're just going to test the ship out. But they start dropping death charges. And why do you think they dropped the death charges? Well, after the war, the first Germans submarine to be sur to surrender, surrender to that port. So you think maybe they dropped him? Oh, they don't. They charges, I think, on purpose. But I never knew what they, what they were going to do. I was right there. I I heard a rumor before that I was going to be my. Safety place at sea was going to be in the ammunition locker. Well, I didn't even know where the ammunition locker was. <laughs> so I was there right exposed when they dropped the depth charges trying to get submarines. But they didn't get anything. Put our lights out in our boat, that was the one all. But that was, well, we went to different places, more or less on display. What about the one time you were training and they asked the submarines to come up? What happened? Oh, well, that was a little later. Oh. Before that happened, we went to a, I don't know, it was Halifax or where, where? Brought this one fellow back. He he done something wrong. I don't know why he was in our boat. It was just ordinary little boat. He he fell overboard into the water, and he couldn't swim. We hmm. got him up safe though. <laughs> and what other training did you take while you were in the navy? Well, not a, we took quite, well, we were at Cornwallis for quite a few weeks. I don't know what all we took. But did you train to be a submarine detector? Well, 
I took training to be almost anything. But if you weren't in a good training, you got to be a submarine detector. But then when the test us out, see, most of our classes were in the room. We, we went out with two ships and two submarines. And they, after quite a few had been tested, they decided that they'd have the They're checking the submarine. They, they figured the submarines were too close together. So they signaled for the submarines to come up. And one lifted the other out of the water. So that ended that day's activities. After that, I don't know what they had much to do with the Navy. It's pretty routine. We had yeah. I, I just tip where I it was on was put in the return later post feature. They sold it to Onassis and he was given he made it in a pleasure ship. Wow. Um Anne or maybe Alex, what was life like after the war? What happened? Oh, it never had anything to do with the Navy after the war was over. But how did you get home? Oh, I can't think I came home with a train. I was only about five days in the Navy. Well, you were in the Navy from November 19... No, August of 1944 to November of 1945. So over a year. And then how did you come to Winnipeg, or where did you settle after the war? Oh, went back to the farm. He did. Where was, where was the farm? We, I farmed during the Depression. When wheat was about 25 cents a bushel, and my dad was getting $5 a bushel before that he bought extra land, and so we kept busy farming, but some of his land wasn't right close. We'd have to go and batch. One quarter section of my batch done. I had a pile of straw in the corner to sleep on. <laughs> and while I was sleeping, the mice came and chewed on my hair. Wow. So Dad's farm was in Spy Hill, Saskatchewan. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then how did he meet his wife and then eventually have family? Well, my my wife was a dietitian at a small college. She was in charge of food service for a small cottage. Where was the college? And she was going to take in Chicago? No. Ohioan Park, yeah. Ohioan Park, yes. And did, how did you meet? Well, she decided to take square dance lessons. 
and I saw the square she was with was kind of pushing her out because they had more than eight people. So I saw what was going on. I guess I was kind of in charge of getting the square dance lessons going. But anyway, I took her to another square and that's when we start going together. And why yeah. did you go to Chicago? Well, I went there to cur make curling ice. My brother well, promised his people he'd work for them and then when it came time to go, he wasn't going to go. So I said, I, you can't do that. I better go in your place. So that's what happened. I went in his place. Wow. So just by chance, you met the love of your life. Yeah, well, I used to drive her around quite a bit. <laughs> we got engaged in Old Town, Chicago. I didn't realize Chicago went that far, so. <laughs> oh, well, that's so wonderful. Well, you know what, Alex, and thank you, Anne, too, for spending some time and sharing the stories. Uh, how how is life now, Alex? Good, as good as oh, can be. Everything's good here, and I'm not used to having everything good. When we were young, we went to my mother gave us each a quarter to go to a picnic. We we wouldn't even spend that quarter because that was money. We didn't have any money in those days. Wow. Well, it's good to hear that life is good and Deer Lodge is treating you well. Oh, yeah. Well, he gave us everything here at Deer Lodge. Deer Lodge is a wonderful place. It's hard for me to have everything done for me because I'm used to doing everything. I had a full day's work always. I never thought I'd been idle. Oh, well. You're in good hands. Thank you so much, Anne, and thank you, Alex, for sharing a little time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, Alex, eh? he's a perfect example. Yeah. There's a, there's a number of veterans like this who have amazing stories, and they've, they do share. Sometimes they don't always share those experiences that they had uh, during the war, but every once in a while you do get to share, they do share, and you get to hear their experiences, and it's really quite amazing. And we owe them a debt of gratitude and so much respect for all that they sacrificed so that we can have the kind of life that we have here now. So it's, it's wonderful. Yes, and I want to add to that um, at Deer Lodge Center, they do have another uh, place there that is looking after the next generation of yes. veterans because we cannot, you know, say enough about the veterans of today that are out there. Absolutely. There's the Occupational Stress Injury Clinic, OSI Clinic, that helps uh, those current serving military, RCMP, and retired military in RCMP who maybe are suffering with PTSD or any other mental health issues. So we still continue in that vein where we care for those who serve. And if people would like more information on the Foundation, Nicole, and the other services offered at Deer Lodge, where can they go? Oh, they can go to our website, of course, thank you, <laughs> <laughs> to our website at DeerLodgeCenterFoundation.com. Okay, well, it's been a pleasure. Oh. And again, we salute, we take a moment to remember yes. all of those that have uh, 
fought so bravely for a world then which we now live in. So thank you. Thank you. back to you at home. It is our Remembrance Day special. Coming up, you're going to meet a very interesting young veteran, Dennis McKenzie. He's launched his new album, The Guardian Angel Platoon, and a brand new single, Lanterns. But it's more than just his music, where Dennis really wants to make a big impact. It is an honor and a pleasure to introduce Dennis McKenzie to Hugh at Home. Uh, welcome, Dennis. It's been uh, an amazing year for you, and it's about music. But uh, I guess maybe let's talk, though, about the importance of um, what you're doing now for the veterans of today. Yeah, Tracy, uh, thank you so much, first off, for, uh, for having me. Um, it's been a big year for me. I am a Canadian Armed Forces veteran of nine years. I served with the Royal Canadian Regiment in New Brunswick, and I also served in Afghanistan in 2007. And so since has been quite a time for me with uh, dealing with post-traumatic stress and release from the military and, and loss and, you know, lots of different things that have been challenges for me over the, over the years. And so over the last year, I've actually been able to create and record an album with uh, Dennis Ellsworth, a local musician here from Prince Edward Island. And uh, a lot of the music and the songs had already been written. It was more of a getting it together as a complete project. And uh, it tells, you know, my military story from recruitment up until release and uh, highlights some of the major events that happened during my time overseas and some of the losses that happened while I was overseas, but more so the losses after returning from overseas. And for me, the, uh, the big, big uh, message here is to honor those that we're losing off the battlefield. You know, we uh, we're very good as a nation at honoring our soldiers and our veterans while they're serving and while they're overseas and, if we ever happen to lose one overseas, we, we really rally together in a huge so, show of support. Uh, the Highway of Heroes, I mean, how many images of videos have you seen of the beauty of that? The Trues wrote a, a song about it. And, uh, you know, we're very good as a nation at doing that. But then if a soldier or a veteran takes their own life off of the battlefield, they're suffering from the same wounds, the same injuries or, or sorry, different wounds, different injuries, but from the same battles. And uh, we don't mention them. A lot of times I've been lucky to find good friends' names just through social media and, uh, you know, maybe a newspaper obituary, but never knowing what happened or, or any of that. And I think 
the big thing for me is just trying to change that dialogue and, and honor those that we lose the same way on or off the battlefield. Um, and I want to ask you too now, Dennis, uh, music for yourself, how did you find it? Uh, or did, were you always interested in music besides everything that has happened? I learned to play guitar when I was around 16, just, you know, basic guitar, learned how to play some chords and sing along. Campfire guitarist really was, was as far as I had gotten. And then when I was in the military, I played a little bit with some friends. And uh, it wasn't until really the last two or three years that I truly started getting lost in music is how it happened. It just came organically. It was, um, I really just started researching a little bit more into music and sounds and the types of sounds that you can create and learning to feel that as an emotion. And it just got to the point where I could spend six, eight hours with a guitar on my lap and not do another single thing and just getting lost. And then using that to, to try and put out how I'm feeling and try and portray the insides to the out. Mm -hmm. Did that trigger memories? of being back in Afghanistan and, you know, with your friends that you, you've lost? Yeah, so a lot of the, the material that was written was written during those times. There are songs that were written after, of loss, after a loss and during some hard times. The songs mostly weren't, it wasn't a sit down and write it now about how it had happened. This is years of work that has just all been collaborated together. So it was... Um, for me, it was last November, I had an experience that really changed my outlook and my view on everything. And that's what really got the energy into creating the album, because before it was very sad and hurt. And I, I couldn't even read or sing a lot of the material myself because it was just too hard. And then I was fortunate enough to have an experience last November, which just totally changed the way I saw everything. And that gave me the name for Guardian Angel Platoon, and it was a, about a dream. So the experience was I had the chance of having a, a new therapy treatment, which, you know, we're now experimenting with uh, psychedelics and, and treatment. And so I was able to see a medicine woman and undergo a, uh, a meditation ceremony where it really made me look at the way things have played out, the way I see things, the way... I'm still damaged and hurt by things. And I left that experience just totally fresh on, on everything. And it actually was a dream that I had after this experience where I, had, I was with countless soldiers that we've lost, home, overseas, friends that I knew, people that I didn't know, all dressed in white. And this is where the concept of the Guardian Angel Platoon came from, was this dream telling me that they're okay, they're doing their work somewhere else, and, and that is the Guardian Angel Platoon, is those that we've lost too soon that are still on the other side doing their work helping us here. Wow, it, it's just uh, totally amazing. And your take now, Dennis, on the world today, uh, we didn't think that we were going to be in a pandemic, let alone fighting COVID, and the increasing, I guess, mental health and wellness being so forefront. Um, how has that sort of affected you too as well? And, and how are you coping? So for me, I, uh, I can be a bit of a hermit. I'm not an extrovert by any means. So for me, 
I spent a lot of time during the pandemic doing this and focusing on myself and working on music. I mean, it's it's troublesome where we are today with the divide the pandemic has created and a lot of people are isolated and a lot of people can't see their friends and family. And it's it's very difficult. And there's definitely a mental health aspect that's coming with that. And I think that's part of with this album is there is things that everybody will be able to relate to anyone who has ever been touched in any way by mental health illness whether it's yourself friends family which I think is most of us at this point Mm -hmm. I think the album will be able to speak to everybody on that and I guess uh, for all of those out there veterans today especially on this day I guess um, I guess words of wisdom how you've managed to get to where you are today and in your own words, what, what does it take? It takes being very humble and being able to accept help and accept when you need help and to be able to say that, you know what, I'm not well now, I'm, I'm broken. And to be able to accept that and seek the proper treatments for that. You know, we have a bit of a hang up with the word broken. We don't want to consider ourselves broken because we throw out broken things but that's not the way I see it you know if I went into a a hospital with a broken arm and got treated for a sprain then it's never going to heal properly and when we won't be able to accept the fact that we're in a broken state then we can never go through the process to to repair and move on from that state Mm. and musically speaking the people that have helped you on this album what was that whole journey like it must have been pretty cool it was amazing. So I had the chance to work with a local musician here whose name is Dennis Ellsworth. And he's quite accomplished here in Prince Edward Island. He's seems to be involved in most things going music these days. And he's been at this for a long, long time. He started writing in high school. And uh, he he was able to really help me see the rest of the parts that I wasn't quite there on yet. I mean, I'm... I'm able to portray to a certain point, but someone with that experience who's able to sit down and he writes such beautiful songs and melodies as well. So to have him be able to come in and, you know, it wasn't just he came into this because he wanted a job. He came into this because he believed in this album. He was touched by the mission in it and he put his heart into it and it really shows too. And where do you think this will all lead? What, what is your grand dream Dennis? For me, it's really about being able to talk openly about mental health and suicide. I mean, I've lost many friends overseas and I've lost many more now to suicide since I've come home. And that's a demographic that speaks right across the Canadian Armed Forces. We've lost Mm -hmm. 158 soldiers during the Afghanistan war. But since we've lost more than that to suicide to their own hands. And for me, it's about really opening that door and that conversation. And I want it to be a comfortable topic. We shouldn't have to look through all these, you know, articles that are not really telling us anything to try and read between the lines to find out what has happened to somebody, especially when there's so many others suffering in the same way. This is something that should be able to connect us as as a society, not divide us. Oh, most certainly. And I, I believe there's a, a pin because the single lanterns mean something. I was curious. I wanted to know the story about that. 
Yes. Yeah, so the song Lanterns off of the album is a song about the fact that we do not honor those veterans and soldiers that we lose off of the battlefield and specifically to their own hands. It's suicide. We are great at honoring when uh, we lose a soldier during a conflict or during battle. But, you know, Remembrance Day really traditionally doesn't have a home for those that we've lost to suicide. So with the song Lanterns, there's been a pin as well created that the intent is to be worn on Remembrance Day alongside of the poppy to honor those that we've lost to suicide and their mental health injuries off of the battlefield. Oh, well, that's so beautiful. And where can we go to get the album? And is it going to any charity, of course, to help your cause? Yeah, so all proceeds from The Lantern are going towards funding and supporting music therapy programs for veterans. And there's a percentage of the proceeds going from the album as well. The album's available right now. Well, it's available through uh, Bandcamp, and uh, you can stream it through Spotify and streaming places as well, or you can just go to theguardianangelplatoon.com as well. Oh, well, once again, it's been an honor, and we all thank you for what you've done for all of us, and we wish you and encourage you on, your, on this journey because it is an important, a very, very important one, Dennis, and it's people like you that will shine a light on it and with your music maybe touch way more than ever you could ever think possible. So thank you so much, Dennis. Well, thank you, Tracy. I really appreciate it, and I appreciate you taking the time today. Oh, they shall not grow old, Commander will say, but we won't mention them on Remembrance Day. It seems no one cares to honor the ones we lose to the war once they've laid down their guns. Laid down their Hive is a climbing and fitness facility, so we're bouldering only, which means no ropes or harnesses. We use mats for protection. But the four pillars of our business are climbing, education, health and wellness, and community, and those aspects all kind of come together to create like a five-star climbing experience. We want to give a big thank you to all of our guests on our Remembrance Day special and leave you with this question. Have you ever lost someone from war? And how do you honor them? We want to know, so send us an email to hello at ilikehugh.com or you can message us on Facebook and Instagram. But for now, stay safe and healthy, and we'll see you next time on Hugh at Home. Now they form the guardian angel platoon. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of iLikeQ.com. Podcast distribution from the Sound Off Media Company. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically, 
we become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. A new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's take this outside. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at Let's Take This Outside.ca. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcasts wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.